everybody and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada. I have this podcast where I share all my thoughts and reflections and ideas about the kindergarten classroom. Um, I get a lot of requests for topics to talk about so if there is a topic that you'd like me to try and take a dive into or you'd like my opinion on please make sure you reach out to me. I'd love to hear what you'd like to hear more about on this podcast. I usually do um, get a few messages here and there and I write down all of like the ideas and then I come back to them eventually. I might not have time to do it like right away. Um, I usually have like a set schedule um, that I plan a bit in advance, but if you do request a topic, I'll try my very best to cover it as long as it is relevant. Like I do teach in Ontario, Canada, and like some of the things I get asked, like I just truly don't know about because it's not something that we do here. Um, but one of the topics that I have been asked about actually quite a bit, and it's taken me a little while to get, uh, to get into just because it is such a huge topic. And I get this asked a lot and people ask me, how do you teach letters? And it seems so simple, right? Like, how do you teach letters to, to, to children? How do you teach them the alphabet? And then the more I think about it, the more complicated and more in depth I want to get into it. So this episode is going to be about how I teach letters to kindergarten students. Before I fully get into this whole situation of teaching letters to kindergarten students, I wanted to say, first of all, I am not an expert in phonological awareness, in phonics or anything like that. This is just my experience as a kindergarten educator up to now. I am learning new things all the time. I know and work with a lot of great uh, speech and language pathologists. I've learned from other great kindergarten educators. There is so much to children learning um, letters and what that means for their future education. And I just, I I honestly, I learn so much um, more every time I like take another dive into it. So first of all, I'm going to say that, yeah, I'm not an expert in this. This is just my knowledge up until this point. And a lot of this uh, knowledge that I have gained around this has been um, through reading professional development books. And so I'm going to link these two, I think there's two books, in the show notes for you. They're affiliate links over to Amazon because these are the two books that have really helped me form an idea around how to teach letters to students. And one of them is ABC and Beyond. And the other one is so much more than ABCs. And it's really true. Like it, there's so much more to it than just like kids being able to tell you that, you know, this, this writing on a piece of paper is the letter A. There is so much more behind that than just um having letter recognition is what I'll call that like there there's more more to knowing letters and learning to read and write than just being able to recognize letters on a page so that's the first thing I'm not an expert the second thing is I want everybody to remember that every child is different and every child learns at their own pace and we as kindergarten educators especially we have to keep that in the back of our minds all the time in I've said this before in past podcast episodes, but just in case you haven't heard me say this, I'm an educator in Ontario, Canada. And if you don't know about our education system, um, it's a two-year program. And some students start the two-year program 
when they are three years old because um, they have to turn four by January 1st. So there's some students that enter kindergarten, they're only three. And then by the time they leave kindergarten, they can be like six years old, depending on when their birthday is. So we have such a wide range of ages and we know that that affects the development of students, that affects affects their exposures, that um, affects how much experience they have out in the world. So especially um, in the program that I'm in, I really always have to keep at the forefront of my mind that every child is going to be different and every child will learn in their own way and that we have to be respectful of that. We have to, as educators, be respond appropriately to that. Just because a child comes into kindergarten or is in like halfway through the first year of kindergarten or whatever, I don't know, uh, arbitrary date that we've set that kindergarten students need to know their letters by, it doesn't mean that they're ever behind or that doesn't mean that, you know, they're not going to be successful. We uh, as educators just have to remember that every child is different and that our jobs are what we have to do is teach to our students and teach to every one of the children that is in our classroom. And that means that every year, the way I teach letters, the way I teach kids to write, the way I teach kids to um, read is going to be different depending on the children that I have. So one year I can have a group of children that come in and they know how to recognize each letter of the alphabet. Perfect. We'll start from there. Another year, some students don't even know the letters in their name. That's where we're starting that year. So it really is about recognizing where your students are at, meeting them there and like moving them along where they're at instead of um, setting arbitrary dates where students need to know letters by a certain date in our calendar. That's not going to be helpful for them. It's going to make it more stressful. And I've said it before, kindergarten is their introductory year into the into the school system. If they're going to have a positive school experience, it starts in kindergarten. Like we need to make them feel like they are um, important learners that they can learn, that they can be successful in our classrooms. And it really starts like at the foundations and the foundations are the alphabet. And when we're talking about like literacy skills, I guess. And so really, um, teaching the alphabet, we don't want to make it into a frustrating experience. We don't want them to make them feel like they're behind in some way. We don't want them to make them discouraged or not feel valued. So I really wanted to start there before anything else because sometimes I see in these kindergarten groups and not necessarily Ontario kindergarten groups, it's a lot in um, the United States kindergarten groups as well because I know that they push a lot of um, academics on students at a very young age and try to move them along a lot quicker but I just want to put that reminder reminder out there to educators that every child is different um, and that they all learn in different ways and another thing I wanted to say as well is that like learning can happen everywhere like I'm talking about letters and you might be thinking about like really specific like when we're reading a book or when we're sitting down and doing a letter worksheet. That's not what I'm talking about. Like learning letters can happen and should happen everywhere all the time. Like I'll go into a little bit more specifics about this, but when I'm going through um, my tips for teaching letters into kindergarten students, I want to make sure that we, this isn't just happening at a guided table in isolation and that it is really happening in all kinds of environments. And I think that that's really important.
So first of all, before I go in all the tips and tricks after my little spiel there, I wanted to talk a little bit about the difference between like letter recognition and um, letter sounds and all the skills needed before a child will begin to write and read on their own. So letter recognition to me is when you hold up a letter A card and a child is able to tell you that is the letter A. They are associating the symbol with the letter name. And that is really basic. So that little scribble on a piece of paper, I can recognize that as a letter A. A whole different set of skills is being able to recognize that that letter A on a piece of paper actually says, ah, and being able to associate the sound with the symbol is a really big skill and a really big jump for kindergarten students. Um, being able to say, oh, the letter A says ah is also a whole other skill. So being able to see the letter or hear the letter and being able to associate the sound with it, that's a whole set of skills right there. Being able to take letters in isolation, now that I know those letter sounds, and put to them together to either read a word or to write a word, that's a whole other set of skills as well. And so really, we're teaching, when we start teaching letters to our students, we have to teach those foundational skills where students really are learning the letter sounds. It's not just enough to know the symbols. It's not just enough to be able to associate um if I say the letter A says ah, uh, they really need a whole set of skills put together in order to be able to read and write. And in order to do that, they do need explicit guided instruction to be able to learn those letter sounds. But that's also coupled with um, just experiences in and around the classroom, outside their learning environments. And it's really about combining our explicit instruction with real world examples of letters like in action. Because like if you're teaching it in isolation, students are never going to start being able to like make that connection that those letters, those scribbles have meaning outside of the, I don't know, the letter that you wrote down on a piece of chart paper. Like when they're out in the world, when they're um, looking at signs that say Walmart or McDonald's or when they're reading books, they have to be able to associate that. Oh, those that little scribble there, that's the letter that my teacher says, says A. And or says is that's the letter A and A says ah. And then start making all those little connections that are become so important when students are learning to read and write. And so really in one of the... Um, books, I think it's the ABC and Beyond book, they call it point out print. And that's like a really um, great way in your classroom to be able to um, have students start associating um, letters with like the real world and giving them the real world, world example. So if you know a student um, uh, ha is, I'm just going to keep going with A. If you know a student is learning about the letter A, they're starting to make those connections. You've talked about it and then you see something that has the letter A written on it, you could point out, hey, that's the letter A. The A says, ah, like apple or whatever um, word you have written down. Or if there's an object and you're like, oh, this is an alligator. What's, um, what sound do we hear at the beginning of alligator? Ah, what letter says ah? And really starting to point out those letters and point out those words 
and point out those sounds that those students can hear in their everyday life because that's when their synapses are going to be firing. That's when they're making those connections and that's when their real learning happens is when they are playing and when they're out in the world, when they're with their friends, when they're um, exploring and playing, that's when the real learning is going to happen for the child. Yes, you do still need to do the explicit instruction because they're never going to make those connections if you don't start somewhere. So the explicit instruction where you talk about the letter A, you show them letter A, you say it says, ah, you need to do that part. You need to do that input teaching part, but it also needs to be connected to those real world play experiences that the kids are going to have throughout the school day because or else if you don't have the explicit teaching instruction, they won't know how to make those connections in their play and vice versa. If they're, if you're just doing the explicit instruction and you're not having the play, that those connections won't be made in their brains because we all know children learn through play and that's when they're, 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 they do their best learning is when it's through play. So making those opportunities for them and as an educator being there and pointing out that print while they're in their, their environment is so important. Another place that I like to start with teaching letters, and this works really well for, I find students that are maybe having difficulties making those connections between letters and sounds and those scribbles on a paper, those symbols really having actual meaning. I like to start with the students' names. So I'm just gonna do my name because my name starts with an A. And so if I am my student and my name is Amanda and I do the letter A, Amanda is very meaningful to me. It's my name. And, you know, that's the one thing that we come to school with that is ours. And they place so much importance on their name as they should. And so when you start with the letters in their names, it makes it more impactful for them. So starting with the letter A and then doing M and then N and then D, those four letters will stick in my mind because those are the letters that I know best. And so now we've moved on from A, M, and D, and we're ready for some new letters. We might pick letters of some siblings' names or some friends' names, or we might pick letters from a parent's name. So picking names that are really meaningful to them or even like book characters or movie characters that are really meaningful to them will really help them make those connections because again we want to spark those synapses we want to have connections in the brain we want to make sure that a student they the students are making the connections between that symbol and the sound and how important that is and that connection um, is that that is happening and again that can be a difficult jump for a lot of kids so the more important um, objects we use, the more we use it in play, the more they're able to make those connections. Um, we also want to make sure that in our kindergarten classroom, we have a print rent print rich environment. So we want to have words on our walls that again are meaningful to our students. Um, having words on the wall that are for educators, it doesn't make it meaningful for the students in our room. So again, going back to names, having a picture with um, the students' names under it, really meaningful for the students. Having important places from the community with names on it makes it meaningful. Having students um, create their own signs for the dramatic play area or the building block area that makes that print meaningful. So having a print rich environment that is meaningful for the students and that is reflective of your students is really important. Um, if I put up a sign on the wall because I need a sign, I don't know, as an educator that says, um, 
I don't know, that has like some words written on it for the schedule of the day that is written for an educator, like not a visual schedule for the kids, but that could be great for a print rich environment. That schedule on the wall is for me and that's not for the students. That's not going to be meaningful for the students. Anything that you're putting up on your walls, and I think I've talked about this in previous episodes of the podcast, how is it enhancing the learning for your students? Is it on the wall because you think it's pretty and it looks great? Or is it on the wall because it is meaningful for your students? It's meaningful for the classroom environment. So really being reflective on your classroom environment and deciding um, is this print that's on the wall and by print I don't mean like pictures like a print as in like art print but like print as in like letters and signs and um, things like that is how are we making that meaningful for the students in our room another thing is having books available to the students we always had a classroom library with books that are available I know it's covid and so lots of different restrictions depending on where you are and so you have to work around those restrictions i'm just talking about just in general in your kindergarten classroom what books are available to your students are the books interesting for your students are they books that they want to read they don't even have to be like i'm going to put it in quotes on level with your students um, reading levels or anything like that just books that they're going to love reading books that reflect their lived experiences or reflect lived experiences of others in the community what do you have as books that really reflect the students in your classroom and that are keeping them engaged and make them excited about looking at them and reading through them so really having that print print rich environment that is meaningful to your students is going to make such a big difference because again we're building those connections those synapses in the brain um Another thing that I've heard a lot of people talk about recently, and I've never tested this out myself, and I wonder about it. And so maybe if you have experience with this, you can reach out to me and tell me what you think. So I always did a letter of the week. So we would spend um, five days learning about the letter A. We would reinforce the letter A in different ways. We would put it up on the board. We would talk about what the letter A says. We would talk about... um, an action for the letter A. We would read a book about the letter A. We would do everything about the letter A for five days. And we would really go in deep with the five days of um, letter A. But recently, I've heard a lot of research coming out about a letter of the of the day instead of letter of the week. So that every day you're doing a different letter of the alphabet. So when if you start that at the beginning of the year, like 26 days into your school year, you've done all of the letters. And then what you do is you go back and review letters, again, teaching to the needs of your students, reviewing the letters that your students need to review. So instead of taking, um, I don't know how many weeks it would take to get through every letter of, I guess, 26 weeks. Instead of taking 26 weeks to get through every letter of the alphabet, you're able to quickly go through all the letters. And then if your students know the letter A, no problem, and you can see it in the environment that they're using the letter A, then you don't need to spend a whole week on that. You've just spent one day and you can move on and spend a few more days on another letter that maybe they need more help with when you're reviewing it. So I've seen a lot of research done around letter of the day and letter of the week, and I'm interested to hear other people's experiences with it and hearing, um, again, whether it worked for you or not. I would also think it would depend on, again, the students that you have in your classroom and the needs that you have in your classroom. If you start doing a letter of the day and, you know, they're not retaining any of the letters that you're doing, well, then maybe letter of the day isn't going to work. I'm not sure. So I'd be interested to hear other educators' experience with it or if you have any other research 
around that, please reach out to me. I'm always over on Instagram if you want to um, reach out to me through Instagram. I'm over there. And I'd love to, I'd really love to hear more about it. Just because it, it's very intriguing concept to me. Um, letter of the day versus letter of the week. And which one, again, we're always teaching to our students and what is best for our students and which one works better for them, right? Like, I'm not sure yet. Um, another thing that I love, uh, I, I'm constantly doing in my classroom is modeling, right? Students are never going to um, learn to read or write if you as an educator, you're not modeling that behavior for your students. So really like writing um, letters to your students and having them write back to you, um, using opportunities to um, sit down at the Dramatic Play Center and write out a menu with your students. Um, uh, whatever it is that you're doing, always take a moment to model that behavior for the students. Because if they see you reading, if they see you writing, then they'll see it as an, a, an important experience for them in the classroom. And they will really want to engage with it as well. And again, you're showcasing the importance of letters, you're showcasing the importance of print, you're showcasing that to them so that Again, building those synapses and making those connections for them so that they understand it and that they are engaged with it as well. Um, and again, if you are writing, again, I'm, I'm going to keep going with the letter A. If you are writing the letter A and saying, I'm writing the letter A and A says, ah, and if I want to write apple, I'm going to have to write the letter A. Modeling and talking that through, again, we'll start building that connection between that random symbol squiggle that I see on a paper. And that actually has meaning. That has a sound that is connected to it. It can convey a lot more meaning when I put more of those letters together. So really modeling, I'm a big proponent of talking out loud when I'm doing things. Um, even when I'm like... Uh, this is an aside, but even when I'm like hooking up the laptop to the projector screen, I'm talking through what I'm doing to with my students. Um, when I'm writing things, I'm talking through exactly what I'm doing with my students because talking that through them hearing what you have to say about it is going to make that again more impactful. If I sit there in silence and write the letter A, I haven't made as big of an impact unless I've said, oh, I'm going to write the letter A. I need a circle and a tail and that's the letter A. And then making that connection that, hey, I didn't just randomly squiggle on a piece of paper. I had intentional and I had an intent with writing that circle, writing that tail that those that combination of lines makes something that makes a letter so really modeling that behavior and talking it through is so important for my students and and just makes it again more impact more impactful more meaningful for them building those connections I don't know maybe count how many times I've said building connections in this podcast episode it's probably a lot but yeah so that is basically um in the kindergarten classroom like the meaningful interactions that we have around letters. Another thing um, that I wanted to say was that when I first started in the kindergarten program, I started in a classroom with an, uh, an uh, educating educator partner and she used Jolly Phonics. And so Jolly Phonics, um, there's also like animated literacy. There's a few different programs that basically what it was, it was um, a phonics program. And what it did is that every letter had a poem or a song connected to it and it had an action 
and um did it also have a video i'm trying to think back i don't think it had a video attached but there was definitely a song there was a big book where it had the letters in it and it had an action attached to each letter and so that combination of saying the letter singing the song and doing the action really made it so that um, students were able to make those connections between again the symbol and the sound that it made and for all the different learners that might not have made the connection by just singing the song but the action is really what um, triggers in their mind how to remember the sound that goes with the letter I think that was really important I really liked um, parts of that Jolly Phonics program. It is not a whole literacy program for the kindergarten classroom because again, that is just one part. That's the input part. That's the guided part from the from the educator that's that's going to happen. So I love that kind of program for that input, that direct instruction. But the other part of it is again, that environment, the play and the pointing out the print and making it um, meaningful for students in other ways that's the other part of a, of a literacy program that you need. So if you're doing something like Jolly Phonics, I love Jolly Phonics. You don't have to have something like Jolly Phonics. Basically, you could find letter videos on YouTube and we used to watch those all the time. Um, and you can just make up actions to go along with each letter that might even be more impactful for your students if they're able to come up with the actions to go along with each letter so like a was like ants crawling up your arm so you take your two fingers and you'd crawl up your arm and then say ah as you were like using your fingers to crawl up your arm like ants and there was like a poem that went or a song that went along with it about ants that i can't remember now but that con but making up your own combination of actions and sounds might be really impactful for your students. Just um, for me, I would have to be able to remember all of the different actions that they came up with. The only reason I remember the Jolly Phonics ones all these years later is because I've used the same ones over and over again. Sometimes the kids have to remind me what the actions are for some of the letters because I'll forget. But it got to the point at the end of the year where I could just do the action and the kids would be able to tell me what letter or sound it made. And so it was really interesting that just those actions become really meaningful for the kids. And again, if there's different kinds of learners, there's different kinds of students in your classroom and you're teaching to those different learners, you're teaching to those different students, having songs, actions, and um modeling it so that they see what the the letter says it helps them build those connections over and over and over again and we know that synapses in the brains take like I don't even know how many thousands of repeated behaviors before they become permanent so having all those opportunities to practice letters and sounds and make those connections is just so important and so having a really strong foundation with phonics and really strong foundation um will really help prepare your students to read and write because if you're asking students to read or write and they don't have a really strong foundation in that phonics in that letter um, recognition in that letter formations and letter sounds if they don't have the foundation starting there they are not going to be effective effective readers and writers as they grow older and you know, when they're reaching the higher grades and they're having um, issues with reading and fluency and comprehension, well, that comes all the way back down to your phonics program and really how well did kids learn those letter sounds and make those connections because it, that that's really the foundation of 
everything that your kindergarten students are going to be doing throughout their their um, education, right? So really ensuring that that phonics program is like robust. And again, you're using various opportunities like you're having opportunities for whole group input. You're doing your guided groups based on the needs of your students. You're having um, intentional cent- teacher centers set up, but also another huge part of the program is the opportunities for students just to play and practice all those skills that you've been teaching them. Because if they don't have opportunities to in, in like real world opportunities for play and immersion into that playful learning where students learn best, like that is what is going to lead them to, again, make those connections in their brain. So Hopefully that wasn't too rambly and all kind of came together and made sense because again, like I said in the beginning, there's so much to a great phonics letter program teaching the alphabet. There, there's just so much to it. And really when I sat down to do this podcast, it was kind of overwhelming because I wanted to give enough information, but kind of make it cohesive, but also like... I'm not an expert on any of this and it's just my experience over time of learning about these things that I, I really hope that this was ho- helpful to you even if you were able to just like pick out one thing and if you really want to learn more again um, I'm going to recommend those two books and I will have links in the show notes for you if you want to check them out they were really helpful in helping me like I've always done um, a really robust phonics program but it just helped me understand the intentionality behind each of the pieces really understand um, the focus of each of the pieces and to um, be able to articulate that and really understand it so that when I'm in the classroom I have more intentionality with what I am teaching and how I'm teaching it and why these various components of a phonics program are so important so really those books were really helpful for me in that way Uh, and yeah if you want to tell me more about your your alphabet program how you teach letters to your students how you teach reading and writing to your students what do you do in your classroom that's really impactful for your students please let me know I'd love to hear more I'm always interested again this is not I'm not an expert in this area by any means this is just again my knowledge and my experience up until this point in my uh, career in education and I'm always up for learning more and hearing more about other experiences and what works what doesn't work for other people so make sure you reach out to me Um, I put new podcast episodes out on every Tuesday but on Thursdays I put out um an Instagram post related to the podcast episode that I did that week. And so if you um, go to my Instagram and comment on that uh, that post on Thursday, I'd love to hear from you. So make sure you head on over to my Instagram. It's at Creative Kindergarten Blog on TBT. Super long, I know. But um, um, if you just start searching Creative Kindergarten, you should be able to find it. And again, it's in the show notes. Um, I really appreciate you joining me today for this podcast episode. And if you are listening on Tuesday when this podcast episode has come out, it is the second day of the Cyber Monday sale, but I guess it's Tuesday now, but it is the second day of the sale. So make sure you go over on to Teachers Pay Teachers and shop for everything that you need because it's like up to 25% off and it's only until the end of the day on Tuesday, December 1st, if um, you're listening to it today. If you're listening to it after, sorry. Um, there'll be another sale at some point. 
Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me. If you haven't already, please make sure you're subscribed to my podcast. My podcast, I put out episodes, new episodes every Tuesday. And I'm really thankful and happy that you are here and want to listen to along to like my random ramblings every week. And I really appreciate that you, you um, stay to the end of this episode and I will talk to you guys again next time. Have a good one. Thank <music> you.